five four three two one you are tuned into another episode of styles and Chris. we are back in the wonderful state of minnesota i almost said minneapolis but that's the city that we're in yeah. not the state that we're in mindianapolis yeah <laughs> who the fuck said that again <laughs> al sharpton yeah thanks a lot fucking al sharpton <laughs> fucking money hungry motherfucker um how much those gators run? Oh, gators don't run. They crawl. I mean, that that's some pimp shit. I, I ain't going to front. I mean, that's that's still some pimp shit. That was like probably one of my favorite lines that I've ever heard him say. I don't listen to him. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it was uh he was on a it was a documentary where he was being interviewed and um <clears throat> and it was one of those deals where I was like out of all all the people it was like Al Sharpton was there. I was like, "Oh, shit. Okay." And yeah, and then like homeboy was talking to him and then he he was like uh, he asked him about his his shoes, and he goes, "Are those gators?" And he's like, "Yeah, these are gators." And then he's just like, "How much do those run?" And he goes, "Oh, gators don't run; they crawl." That's a good one. Yeah, I'm just like, that's some fucking uh, Don Magic uh, one uh, kind of shit. Uh, that's ten times better than Mindianapolis. Mindianapolis, yes. Mm-hmm. It's it, like he 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 thought he thought that he was in Chicago, and Chicago's windy, and he was like, "Oh, right." I'm I'm not in Chicago, but it's windy, so I'm Indianapolis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking all right. And of course it was you know, the I, I think I think it's like with, with our state we, we get that weird we're in that weird kind of in between where um if you're not like super hip to like the Minnesota scene and like Prince being from here and you know, uh various uh celebrities and, you know, actors, musicians and artists and stuff, it's super easy just to assume that we're just like this podunk flyby state mm. or flyover state and um and you know I, I i just want to give a special shout out to like all the all the states that are connected you know as as per like the the midwest because we all have like you know such great talent out here and people sleep on it all the time because they're like yeah if you're not from specifically from chicago or new york or la then you don't register and i'm like nah, far from it man we got so many great people um you know, people who, who live in places like, you know, Indiana and, um, uh, of course, I mean, Texas is like, you know, Texas has been established for a while, but not a lot of people seem to mention it outside of like the dance world. Um, you know, and say like, oh, holy shit, dude. I mean, they just got a great scene in general with like music and art and food and, you know, all kinds of other shit. They always just think that they're, you know, only about like, you know, being cowboys and whatnot and i'm like nah man they, texas is dope um missouri is dope and, you know just shout out to them, everybody you know from the tip uh, shout out to the world yeah <laughs> yeah anyways we're back yes. in we're back in minnesota we're back in minneapolis uh last couple of weeks actually not really the last couple of weeks last two episodes we were in las vegas we had a it was like a mini vegas takeover only because there's so only so much that we can do. So technically, we had three interviews. If you didn't listen to the last two episodes, mm-hmm. and uh, shout out to Charlie Chillout, Nico Lopez, uh, and uh, Lou Ross, Mister Littlefoot, aka Chef. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for being a part of the yeah. the episode. Yeah, appreciate you guys. I wish we could have interviewed more people in Las Vegas, but timing was the issue mm-hmm. and um some people just didn't get back to me yeah. so fuck <laughs> fuck and shit yeah anyways how's las vegas for you 
Man, I had a wonderful time. Um, aside from the spirit crushing heat, which is yeah, that not, made you want to fight someone. Yeah, I mean it, it's not unfamiliar because I've got family that lives down in Arizona, so um, uh, so like you know, been down to like um, fucking Scottsdale and like Sun City and Phoenix proper and stuff. And yeah, I mean I'm I'm like aware of that, and you know I've been out there even like in October where it's still like 110 degrees. Um, but yeah, coming out to Vegas, I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. This feels just like Arizona where even at night it gets down from like 117 down to like 110 degrees. And then just like the pavement is just radiating heat. So you're still just getting cooked everywhere you're going. You're like fucking hell. And, uh, the thing I was thankful for was the fact that it, there wasn't humidity, but when we came back to Minnesota, um, I, I thought it was really funny. Cause like I, it was like, uh, I think it was like the day after we got back, it was like a balmy, like 90 something and like high humidity. And I walked outside and I was just like, I felt fine. I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Cause it's that same feeling, you know, it was like when you're in a sauna, you know, for 20 minutes and then all of a sudden you step out, you know, it could be 80 or, or 90 degrees in, you know, the, the rest of the, the room or whatever, but your body just gets like, you kind of ran yourself into the red and then now you get back to like you know what the the normal temperature is and you're just like oh yeah this is fine i'm i'm totally cool with this so yeah so that was uh that was dope coming back home and actually not suffering quite as much through the summer heat as uh, a lot of other minnesotans man i'm just ready for it to be fall yeah i'm tired of the heat yeah i'm tired of the humidity i didn't like the vegas heat whatsoever mm -hmm. uh, like uh, it really puts me off yeah <laughs> like it makes me not want to go to sleep uh it it just it just drains. Yeah, we, we we were like I think what between the two of us we were on like only a couple hours of sleep per night because like we would you know it's like a combination of like being like uh, jet lagged but then still being on like the Minnesota um, uh, time zone and then being out late ish or whatever and then trying to go to sleep and then it was like just fucking hot and then you're like ah you don't get comfortable and yeah no I mean look like I. I took naps while yeah. I was there, like, but since then, I haven't had the chance to take a nap or anything like that. I've just been mm -hmm. busy with work. Yeah. I think... And I love how I'm complaining about the fucking heat, because I'm the one that's, like, playing 9 to 18 holes of golf yeah. like, every <laughs> fucking weekend, so I'm, like, right. brutally doing this to myself, yeah. but, you know, it's such a fun game. Mm -hmm. can't stop doing it. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, I was... uh. I was digging the um, – um, one of the things that I like about Vegas a lot is that people underestimate um, – or I, I should say they overestimate. They think that Vegas is like this massive metropolis, right? But it's actually like – it's got a real small-town vibe to it. I mean – Well, that's because we didn't go to the Strip at all. No, I know. That's that's so. what I'm saying. It's like when you're when, – when you just don't like think about like just the Strip mm – -hmm. It's amazing how you can kind of get anywhere relatively uh, um, with ease. Um, I mean, there's some traffic here and there and stuff, but it's not like it's not like always gridlocked. Um, actually, in, in my personal opinion, I find that Chicago traffic is worse than Vegas traffic, which is surprising. Um, but the uh, the thing that I dig though is just the fact that like you can run into anybody, um, you know, at any given time, whereas 
you know, a lot of other times, you know, you can be in Chicago and pass through and like no one even fucking knew you were there. It's like you, you go to these like random spots and stuff and you're more than likely not going to run into anybody that you know. Um, but then like in Vegas, it was always like every, every place we went to either foot knew somebody, you knew somebody. And I was just like, damn, okay, this is, this is actually like, it's got a very small town kind of, uh, vibe in the middle of like this Mecca of, you know, uh, you know, uh, like shows and casinos and yeah, that's the reason to why, yeah. because it's such a entertainment town that yeah. you're bound to run into somebody in such a touristy place. Right. You know, so it's, that's normal to me. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, uh, traffic wise, man, I, I can't tell the difference. I think all traffic's bullshit. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I was fed. I was, if I really, really thought about it, I was way more pissed off about traffic here in Minnesota with the last few days yeah. compared to Vegas yeah. and Chicago mm-hmm. combined. Yeah. And maybe it's cause, uh, what I do for a living now is I drive around a lot. Yeah. So I, and it, my meetings ha- tend to happen during traffic jam hours. So maybe that's what it is, but yeah, I, I was like, fuck this shit, mm-hmm. you know? So, and what sucks even more is that I've, I literally found myself in the neck of your woods every fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine that like every fucking day driving 30 plus minutes and with traffic 40 plus minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and what's even better is like, I have a listing that's there too. Yeah. Like I'm leasing out a retail mall that's mm-hmm. literally by your house. So yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so every and, time you drive by my, my place, you just like flip me off. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Sounds right. Sounds about right. I, I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it because my my asshole gets hot, and then I feel the urge to just randomly say "fuck." Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Ozzy's close. So, resident advisory or advisor, advisory advisor, RA, just came out with a house documentary, house yes. dance documentary. <laughs> yes, it's like a, it's. It's not really a documentary, and it's not really a short. Mm-hmm. It's a clip. Yeah. And I don't know, in my personal opinion, okay, it was, it was fine. And you know what? You go first. What was your opinion on it? You go first because. I mean, I, I liked it because of the um, the fact that it had like a lot of like uh, promise to it. The only thing that I was let down about was the fact that it wasn't like a full-length documentary because, I mean, I was kind of going like, oh, damn, come on. Let's let's finally get some, like, some docs. I mean, we've got all these docs about house music, but very, very rarely do we have anything um, that we just fully focus on the dance and the evolution and the development of the dance, which, you know, nowadays is so easy to, um, uh, because of, you know, like, you know, the fact that people were able to bring cameras into clubs um, at certain points. You can get a lot of really good footage. Um, but, like, they, they even mentioned that, I think, in the doc where they said that, you know, back in the 90s, that, you know, video cameras were typically not allowed in a lot of clubs. So it was really uh, tough to be able to get stuff from, like, that particular era where it was like you would see, you know, Khalif getting down at, like, a shelter or something like that. Um, so I, I understand that. Um, that aspect of it, but it would be really cool to actually just have like a, like an hour and a half, two hour doc. I mean, cause I think honestly, like for house heads, um, house dancers, um, we need our version of like pump up the volume or the freshest kids. We need something that really speaks 
about what we do and why we do it and you know uh, kind of gives everybody a roadmap of like the who's who and you know how this got developed so mm-hmm. but yeah yeah look it's nice it's a nice touch but it's fucking bullshit yeah i think it's the whole thing is fucking whack yeah i love the fact that they had Khalif and tony mcgregor in there mm-hmm. but that's it yeah everything else look well, first of all it's seven fucking minutes yeah are you kidding me that's a clip right that's a crew trailer right seven minutes that's that's a hand job yeah you know what i mean like get the fuck out of here dude <laughs> like at least make it 15 minutes yeah 15 minutes at least 20 minutes 30 minutes fucking like mm-hmm. you said two hours right what pissed me off even more is that they didn't even label the competitions that they were showing right they showed like how much footage from fucking house dance forever not a single mo- not a single thing that said summer dance forever in right. the description yeah i'm like are you kidding me my friend Carrie, mm-hmm. she's the first person that pops up in there. Yeah, and she, I was like, dude, did you know you're going to be in the doc? She's like, no, I didn't even know. And she's like, and by the way, wasn't that your footage? I was like, yeah, that's the footage I took of you. So they took my footage mm-hmm. and put it in the documentary. Yeah, I'm like, so they probably just like brought a bunch of shit from like grabbed YouTube a bunch and- of shit from YouTube. So I'm like, hello, at least fucking put the name of the competition, the mm-hmm. name of the footage, give credit to to the to the event right it's like a slap in the face yeah you know what i mean like and to add on to that like this is why to me it's bullshit i'm like okay you act like new york and chicago are the only cities that had something to do with this dance Mm -hmm. what about the bay area yep what about detroit right you know what about new jersey Mm -hmm. i mean and they kind of like they, they, I think they, they kind of teetered on that a little bit when they, they were talking about you know Frankie Knuckles uh, being from, um, from New York and um, going to Chicago, uh, Humphreys um, being from New Jersey, and and then and then they just kind of like they glazed over that real quick. Yeah, you know, but that's the key word. Yeah, glazed and yeah, teetered. Right, and it's like so. I mean, shit, dude. It, um, do you remember? Um, the other doc, it was surprisingly, they were able to get so much in there for it only being like a 45-minute documentary. But it was the, uh, I remember when House, uh, I think it was, I remember when House Changed the World or I was there when House Changed the World. Yeah. But that documentary, I was like, we need something of like that caliber. Right. You know, that's just like, they really just, whoever uh, does this, I mean, fuck, dude, I'm saying this. I'm like, you know, it's like, I could probably do that. But, um but it just like really like get into like the meat of you know the who's who of of this dance right. the development of the art form how right. things got um you know started from like an abstract freestyle and then started to develop into curriculum right so things like that right so kind of going back i think it's bullshit but there's a part of me that's that has a little empathy with it mm mm-hmm. Is there probably there was probably a good amount of lack of funding? Yeah. So there's part of me was like, yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah. The bull the biggest bullshit part is the fact that they didn't put the names. Yeah. Of the competitions of the footage that they were viewing. Right. They didn't even bother to fucking find out who the dancers are that that are dancing within that footage. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then the empathy part is like, yeah, they probably didn't have funding. Yeah. You know, and I don't know, man. Like. I think that if in order for a good, well documentary to be put together, there has to be like crowdfunding that goes into it, like right. a, like a Patreon, or 
it has to be funded by like Netflix or Amazon Prime right. or some shit, you know, or or, or getting grants and, and things like that. You right. know, artistic grants would also be another uh, good way to to go. Yeah, artistic grants are tricky though mm-hmm. because yeah, they're for what the subject is, but at the same time, you still need to pay your mortgage and you still need to eat. Yep. So you got to weigh out, you know, and realistically, especially the McKnight grant. From my understanding, realistically, everyone. You you win the McKnight grant, but you you win it with like f- how many other people, and you split that money. Yeah, that's one. So you don't necessarily win like you know hundred thousand plus mm-hmm. dollars. No, you win like twenty five thousand, and then you save some for taxes, mm-hmm. and then you pay your mortgage and you eat, and then you and then you finally put some of that money towards the subject. Right. So it's the end of it. You're kind of like fuck, man. Yeah, I mean you're you're gonna lose more running for the bus. So right. <laughs> I mean and. And and that's something that I think that um, you know can kind of uh, it can it, it makes sense when you when you have for instance uh, shout out to um, uh, Beto uh, Moon Cricket um, where people are always like you know damn you know why the fuck ain't you you know getting done with this uh, project why aren't you making the rock documentary why aren't you making this why aren't you making that and it's just like because people got to fucking work and people got to eat. So unless like you've got somebody who just decides like, hey, guess what? We're going to fund you. We're going to fly you out to China so that way you can follow um, Marbury around and do a documentary about him. It's like it's very, very difficult to like start some shit independently from the ground up unless you've got, you know, a lot of support. And that's, yeah, support. that's where crowdfunding comes into right. play. You know, so. So, yeah, man, I mean, I mean, I I've given I've given thought to that personally about like how uh how great it would be to like actually you know kind of delve in and like go into like a a house dancing documentary the only thing that keeps me apprehensive about it like for me personally is the fact that i'm not um i'm not established enough to where in which it's like i i have connections but it's it's a little bit different when like let's say for instance you're a person who has been you know dancing and and is like well known like world renowned for like you know at least 20 years then it's a little bit easier for people to like kind of like trust you and like let you in and be able to say you know oh hey man you're doing a doc all right cool you know next time you come out to my neck of the woods i'll do an interview with you you know right. dedicate a day or something yeah so i don't want to be the kind of person that tries to bite off more than yeah they can chew and probably like me i don't know maybe i might be your biggest connection too yeah yeah i mean yeah. You, you definitely are dude I'm so like, i'm like you know, and I'm not motivated to fucking do this shit. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Nah, I have other goals in mind, but eventually somewhere down the line, maybe I will want to do it mm-hmm. and fucking do it right. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it's a love hate relationship <laughs> for that house dance documentary, the yeah. house dance. No, that house dance trailer. Yeah. It's a love hate because they came out with that trailer. They they came out with the official trailer, which was like 30 seconds, 30, 45 seconds. They came out with it like damn near a little over six months ago. Yeah. And people were tripping. I was tripping. out. We were yeah. bugging out. We were like, oh, shit, this is going to be fucking dope. It's on. Yeah. Like, you know, with all the DJs that they have, like resident advisory, like, you know, like 30 minutes, mm-hmm. 30 minute plus. Yeah. You know, tr- uh, clips of these guys. Mm-hmm. They're about to do it for house dancing. They're going right. to do it for Khalif, Tony McGregor. They're probably right. going to pull in like, you know, some people from the from Holland. Like, mm-hmm. it's about to be fucking dope. Yeah. And then this shit comes out. Right. And everyone's like, 
Wow, that was a boner kill. That was literally a hand job, <laughs> right there. And it's the the thing that that's like that makes it such a uh, a letdown is that um, I think we see a lot of other um, groups that are able to put out these documentaries for you know all kinds of like various art forms and cultural movements and social movements and things like that. And still it's like house just kind of is this, this thing that remains like kind of in the, uh, in the, in the pile of obscurity. Right. And I think that a good documentary can be, um, it can be super powerful. I mean, shit, like, uh, mind you, there's a lot of like politics involved and there's a lot of like blase blase that I'm not going to go into, but, um, specifically about this doc, but like, how how impactful was the freshest kids to a lot of people right that that got a lot of people interested in just the history of breaking and where it came from and how it survived the 80s and how it evolved through the 90s um of course like i said there's a lot of politics involved because then when you find out like who produces it who's trying to put out a certain type of voice i mean all documentaries are like that they're biased right um and what you have to appreciate is that once you kind of develop some experience in the scene, then you can go back and look at that documentary and you can see, you know, the pl- the points where they were, they were right on some stuff or maybe they missed the mark or this, you can obviously tell was like very like camp oriented, right? Like this, Oh, this was from so-and-so's camp. This is their perspective. This isn't everybody's perspective. So you can appreciate the fact that, you know, um, when people get angry or upset about like certain documentaries, you know, they, they're well within their, their rights to do that. But at the same time, I mean, when you look at it as a whole, it was much the same way that, you know, Bruce Lee's movies had such an impact on martial arts and people getting enthusiastic and wanting to learn martial arts so much so that, that even if they couldn't go and do Bruce Lee's, um, specific art form, it just got them off their ass and into a karate dojo, you know, or it got them into a boxing gym or it got them into something to, you know, try to develop that sense of like self mastery because he he realized that he could inspire people a lot more with um, uh, like images and ideas as opposed to having like fifty million students that he's like trying to lecture to you know every day of the week or whatever. And um, so I think that yeah, documentary um, about house dancing would be super super beneficial to the movement and to you know like what we all do and what we all love and also i think it would also um help with balancing out that misconception that people have between house dancers versus house heads because again you know like a lot of the dj documentaries that are around um focus on the dj a lot and they talk about the dj and the music which is great but then they kind of like you'll just see these really kind of um like semi-enthusiastic interviews with like a house dancer right and it's just like oh yeah this was a regular uh dancer at the loft or you know they used to go to paradise garage or they used to go to sanctuary or mancu or not mancusos but um um uh the gallery and shit like that um and they kind of just like really like they'll just get like a chirp of what they have to say but you're kind of like yo i I really want to like know i want to know about like the development of these moves that you see, you know, to this day in places like, you know, Juste Bu or in um, um, Summer Dance Forever, 
and how like there's people that are like in their twenties that are doing this art form and you know, there there's like there's people that had been like inventing these moves from, you know, the the seventies all through the eighties and through the nineties. And it's like it'd be just really interesting to see that evolution of how that how these dances developed, how these steps and these styles developed, how maybe it was just simply like, yo, this is just something that one person did, but eventually it caught on and then everyone started doing it. Or was this like more of like a philosophy that like a lot of people gravitated to? They were just like, you know, like lofting is a good example, right? Where it's just like, you know, getting low to the floor and just doing all kinds of just groundwork and shit. And so I, I would really like to see a, a good, concise, well-made documentary that would cover all those things and have that same enthusiasm that, say, like, you know, the BBC has put into, like, when they did Pump Up the Volume and uh, Can You Feel It was the other one, where they were able to get, like, the music rights and be able to play, like, all these, like, you know, like, hit songs, um, like, I should say club hit songs, because that's another thing that I feel that we're lacking at times when we try to document stuff is that because um again because of money and things like that you can't really use the the music that fuels what this is you have to like find some you know um you know house-ish you know like original track that was just made that was just kind of like it sounds like you know um something that's like popular um and you kind of have to like like slide it under the door and kind of you know and it, and it just it it feels really hokey. It's like when I watch uh, fucking uh, uh, Red Bull BC One, and you're not hearing breaks that we typically hear at a jam. You're hearing you know um, uh, a gig band that gets together and plays like break beats, and then they just you know that's what they're using because they don't want to pay James Brown, they don't want to pay you know the Isley Brothers, they don't want to pay um, you know all all these. Uh, um, Jimmy Castor Bunch or anybody else, and I feel like that that kind of makes the spectators miss out because then like you're not really getting like the real like meat and potatoes of like what what we dance to, what we're passionate about, and why you know you're just kind of like hearing this stuff and then you get this idea, but it's kind of a false sense or a shadow idea of like what this is supposed to be. So so yeah, man, I, I just I, I hope that we we do get something eventually that is gonna really document and do house dancing justice. And um, maybe somehow or another, like, continue to help, like, build and uh, grow the enthusiasm for it. And, you know, to get more people to be involved in it. Because, you know, every everything that we, we do, it's like it's, we, we do it because we love it. And if we can show other people that, um, uh, that uh, inspiration and, like, you know, and kind of like that, that passion for it. I think that that can also get a lot of people involved in various ways. So, so funding is missing. Yeah, and most likely, someone that's probably just a house head, but not necessarily a house dancer, took charge of that project. Yeah, because a person that I can see really doing a well, if as long as it's funded correctly, a person that I could see really doing a, a great job with a documentary is co-flow yeah um but i'm i don't know maybe it's something that's ever i wonder i wonder if it's something that's ever crossed his mind but mm-hmm. 
that's the only person in my perspective he's the most like organized well thought out Mm -hmm. individual when it comes down to house dancing house dance culture organizing Mm -hmm. house dance events he's one of the most well thought out individuals i know Mm -hmm. that's very organized that's on his shit right and it's because for one he's an independent business owner i mean like he runs his own record label like this dude like he he makes music for a living he Mm -hmm. dances technically dances for a living um and he just knows Mm -hmm. so i I, man if he ever listens to this episode fucking do it dude (laughs) (laughs) he he has the support of the community too so i'm sure he can get some sort of crowdfunding going on with that yeah or you know open up a patreon and and have that shit funded quick. Mm-hmm. But funding, that's what it is. Well, like they say, there's no romance without finance, so you gotta you got to get out there and uh, make that paper so that way you can make things happen. We got... Romance without finance? Yeah, bromance without finance. That's exactly what I said. We got Stepchild in the house with his uh, security MN Freedom Fighters stepchild bulletproof vest yeah nice tactical vest you got a kevlar lunchbox to go with that you fuck he's got like <laughs> three magazines in there yeah three clips in there he's got a, a tactical knife right there I, I rolled up today i rolled up today i didn't have any of my weapons on me i just rolled up with my copy and they're like they're like how come you ain't wrapped up in this shit like yeah well i thought you know i'd try uh using karate instead for for security see if that'll work you're like you're like bro do you know that i got this directly from mcdonald's this is the hottest coffee that's out there all right this this causes lawsuits i will fuck you up i will melt your skin right off your goddamn face you should be like sorry i don't mean karate i mean ninjutsu ninjutsu i mean rex kwando i the north side with karate today instead <laughs> no that's didn't funny like that <laughs> so you have to come back here and grab your rifle oh it's here oh no no when you had to grab it you had to come back you had to drive back to your house to grab it no i had it with me oh you had it with you got it no you should have said was um they're like where's your weapons it's up my ass yeah would you like to give me a cavity check like i i keistered my entire arsenal <laughs> like <gasps> here it is and you're like jesus christ where'd you get that <laughs> my, dad did, my dad did say i always pull everything out of my ass yeah there you go <laughs> your dad said that yeah see what you do you just end up pulling everything out of your ass last see, minute your 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 anus is like wizard sleeve it's got lots of tricks and illusions buried deep within Turnstall just turned your dad into russian yes <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's no longer norwegian he's nope, russian nope <laughs> Oh, really? Get into the mic and explain it. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about this. Yeah, go ahead. Here. Was it a tickle fight? From here. Oh yeah, I only had one incident today. We had a funeral today, and mm-hmm. this funeral is, is a, a a person who was died, and uh, there's a lot of gang affiliation mm-hmm. happening there. So they asked us to do security, so we're doing it. They did the horse and carriage thing again, mm-hmm. and so we only had. We had one guy casing the whole place, mm-hmm. so they see seeing us and stuff, and so, you know, we were literally there for our looks, so that worked, mm-hmm. and then they only popped off a few rounds while we're, uh, we're going to the, uh, 
the cemetery. Yeah, only a few rounds. <laughs> yeah, they only popped us a few rounds. They took off once they saw us. So yeah, so did you guys mission accomplished? Did you guys shoot back? <laughs> no, they took off. Because oh, pop, 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 and I'm like, not around here. <laughs> not today. Not today. Not, not today. today. I, I know karate. I mean, <laughs> just took off. Yeah. <laughs> just yelled at him. I know karate. Wait, so um, <laughs> you're the other so karate did they, Charlie. Did they even aim? No. The, the, what a bunch of idiots. I, if I you're going to pop off, at least aim. Look <laughs> at the fuck. I yelled at him like, I yelled at him, uh, Turnstile taught me Muay Thai. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Oh, God. He taught it to me for like, like 15 minutes like the, 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 the night before. Oh, Stevie, Stevie, Stevie. <laughs> Steve's actually at in Blaine. No, I think it's tomorrow. He'll be in Blaine because you know the 3M the opens here. Right yeah. Now. Yep. It's in Blaine. The 3M open. Yeah. And why am I not there? Because I'm here. <laughs> you sound so disappointed. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just like oh, I'm here and Turnstile fucking got Turnstile talking in my one ear and stepchild blathering about his fucking karate in the other ear. <laughs> Anyways. Sometimes you need to use karate. Yeah, sometimes you need to. Sometimes you need to abuse karate. Anyways. Yeah. That's all I got in my head. Yeah, just just anger and resentment. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm tired. I'm chilling. Yeah. I need another cup of coffee. Yeah, there you go. So go ahead, talk away, turnstile, do what you do. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know. Fucking put me on the spot like that. It's weird when I'm at a loss for words. That's very rare. Um, yeah. So Vegas was, was fun. Um, got, uh, got some lovely food. Um, amazing food out there. So, and, uh, shout out again to Littlefoot because between, like, Littlefoot and uh, Nico, we had like all the hookups. We we just had this run where every place that we went to, they were either waiving the bill, or they were like substantially like cutting it down. And um, so I was really like surprised about that and appreciative. So you know we ended up like kicking in extra tip money to the servers and people that were helping out and whatnot. So. Yeah, that was that was dope. And uh, shout out to my favorite ramen spot that is in the Vegas area, which is Shoku Ramen. But it's just not in Vegas. Yeah, no, it's in uh, Texas as well as in Nashville, Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah, Foot's actually in uh, Texas right now, uh, yep. putting out fires. Yeah, yeah, he's been. I mean, it, it was crazy. Like we were there when like there was kind of various shit storms that were going on and I'm like fuck dude do you like is this like what you always deal with <laughs> yeah you know when you're the corporate chef yep when you're when you're a top guy you deal with a lot of bullshit mm-hmm. so for all you fucks out there that complain about your manager this and manager that unless they're really an asshole yeah but you know hear their side out first yeah appreciate the fact that management um you know they're they're usually responding to somebody that's above them, so right. you know when you're on the on like the uh, the base uh, level and you're turning around going like, damn, why is my boss all pissed off that I'm, you know, 
15 minutes late and I didn't call in or this or that or the other. And it's just like, well, because. But, but again, some sometimes they're just really fucking assholes. Yeah. So. Know, and you know. Yeah. Yep. So it's it, it's just being able to be aware enough to to have that, that level of empathy. And that's why, you know, you notice that like with Foot's crew, like the main, like the main uh, group, they are all willing to like lay down in traffic for that guy. I mean, it's like, and even people that used to work for him. I mean, it was, it was impressive going out to his former place of employment. Um, that was that, uh, hotel and the M resort. Yeah. And people were like coming out of the fucking kitchen. Like, yo, what's up chef? Hey chef. Mm -hmm. And they just like, let me suck your dick chef. Let me suck your dick chef. Um, <laughs> it's just like, but it was like, um, that, that's like a really cool thing when you, you know, when you can like retire, as a general and you still get your troops coming up and like saluting you mm -hmm. so yeah that's that just that, that says something about uh foot's worth work ethic and <coughs> how he's how he operates and how he uh how he is as a person and as a uh a worker so that means he did his job yep he did his job yep 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 like like decimus said you know it's, it's like the general that's respected is the one that gets off their horse so you know foot's like always on that shit you know he's always like Oh hey man, I'll help you with prep. Oh yeah, the, you, you guys didn't get that done. You need you need help, and it's just like no no chef, we got it, we got it. It's your day off, and he's like fuck that bro, and like he'll be in there for fifteen twenty minutes, just going off. Yep, and I'm just like hell yeah. So yeah, that's um, I mean you know that that proves what kind of boss he is. You know he's very hands on. I respect the bosses. I respect the managers that are very very hands on. Mm -hmm. Because you know when people play that like fucking role where it's like oh yeah I'm on top I'm on top of everyone which you are you know you're mm -hmm. you're definitely above and your, your pay grade is probably a tad, just a tad bit higher not too but not right. too high but a tad bit higher um, you know it's easy to play that role but mm -hmm. when you're someone that sees that can recognize what's going on mm -hmm. and you put your foot in the door and you're like fuck it I'm gonna soldier up and get yeah. get down with my with my people right then that's something to respect mm -hmm. you know like even as a as a teacher like as a house uh you know with me teaching at all day studio some of my students whenever there's a house workshop that happens here magically because mm -hmm. there never really is one that happens here in minnesota unless i'm fucking involved with it somehow mm -hmm. i'll take the class mm -hmm. and they're like why are you taking this class i'm like dude why the fuck not right you know like what you think i'm just a fucking teacher right hell no <laughs> I got to do this too. Right. You know, like I got to see what they know and mm -hmm. I got to see it. I got to like, I want to see what they know. I want to see what they, how they teach. I want to see how they talk to their students. Like mm -hmm. I want to, I want to align their work ethic with mine and see, you know, like what can I bounce off of that? Right. You know, and if they ever take one of my class, I hope they do the same thing. Right. You know what I mean? I so, mean, it, it's sort of the, it's sort of that same mindset of, um, you know, I mean, case in point right like you know you know someone who owns a restaurant and they say hey don't worry the meal's on me and then you chip uh you tip uh, generously because of that as you know to say thanks because you know that person you know didn't have to do that mm -hmm. and um in the same kind of thing you know you you want to honor the person who's taken the time to um out of their day and out of their life to teach a class and you're like okay well the first thing i'm going to do is i'm i'm going to get in on this and i'm going to warm up with everybody else and i'm going to work on the same concepts with everybody else and, and yeah you know sometimes like students will look and go like 
you know, Ozzy, why are you, you know, why are you taking this? This is like a beginner's class or something. Or, you know, like, you you know all this stuff already. And you're like, yeah, but you, you want to, number one, you want to stay sharp. Two, you want to see um, and reflect, like, what maybe they're, they're teaching in a certain way. And if other beginners are, like, watching you, that actually kind of helps them to kind of clean up their footwork too. It, you know, we, we do that in martial arts studios all the time where it's like usually the, you don't always just have like everyone at the same level, like a white belt only class. You'll have, you know, brown belts and black belts and purple belts and everybody that are there too. And then that gives the beginner the ability to watch someone execute this correctly rather than like everybody being beginners and you're kind of like looking to the teacher to stop and like adjust everybody and fix them and you know iron out all the wrinkles and stuff it's like you kind of just like watch people out of the corner of your eye so yeah it i i respect that a lot and i agree with you man it's like important to do at the end of the day you only know what you know yep even though if it's sure it's a basics you only know what you know mm-hmm. like what if there's a basic move or step that you really didn't had no clue mm-hmm. or what if what you thought was advanced was really basic mm-hmm and you know you're looking like a fucking asshole yeah. afterwards like oh my god i thought this was advanced but yeah I am, but i guess not i'm gonna go fuck myself right now <laughs> and um drink a bottle of wine <laughs> no but um just kidding but yeah we only know what we know mm-hmm. and at the end of the day you just gotta sit back and have a little empathy mm-hmm. for for things that we don't understand quite right. understand so that's why with the house documentary, I'm like, it's fucking bullshit, mm-hmm. but I have empathy for it right. to a certain extent where it's like the funding, yeah. you know, of course. Right. You know, if you could have made that shit fucking seven more minutes longer, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're already taking fucking footage without labeling it. Might as well take more <laughs> <laughs> and not just the ones in Europe, but the one in the U S motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> Why the fuck wasn't there a blueprint? I know. <laughs> I was literally, I was like, oh, where's the blueprint footage Where's the blueprint? There's a lot of blueprint out there. Yeah. It's funny, you know, Koflo and I, we've had some conversations about this, and if it's one thing that Koflo and I agree on the most is that America is underrated mm-hmm. in every fucking dance uh, discipline mm-hmm. style form. I don't care, whatever right. whatever the world calls it nowadays. America is underrated. Mm-hmm. And it sucks, but because this is where a lot of these dance disciplines came from. Mm-hmm. But America is underrated, mm-hmm. and you wonder. The big question is, who do we blame for that? Mm-hmm. Uh, do we blame our own OGs and pioneers because they're the ones that obviously went overseas to teach? Mm-hmm. Do we blame our government? Do we blame ourselves mm-hmm. as dancers, practitioners, because we're not? at the caliber that a lot of these other dancers from different countries are. Who do we blame for that? And at the end of the day, it's like we don't blame anyone. We just keep it moving, and we strive to get to the next step. We strive to – that's why we have events like Blueprint. Right. Which now it is on an international scale. Yeah. Now a lot of international – the last Blueprint that I was at, holy shit, there were so many international dancers. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just saw you like four months ago in Europe, and Mm -hmm. you're here. They're like, yeah, we heard this is like the competition to go to in the U.S. We're yep. here to test Americans and North Americans out. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of them, a lot, I mean, I'm watching this um, documentary on Hero, or not this interview on Hero. And the first thing he said to you was just like, 
you know the the vibe in the u.s is very like it's it's very interesting like the clubs like the the parties yeah it's like this is like literally like the american side of house dancing yeah and stuff it's not necessarily the battles it's the it's the clubs yeah and the ciphers mm-hmm. i'm like yeah you know because from my understanding i can't i'm i can't really speak about it because i wasn't there but from my understanding uh that's what it was really all about before all the battles came in mm-hmm. so and in you know, I've had those discussions with um, uh, some of your your students um, when I've subbed at your uh, for your your classes and stuff too, and I would talk about that ad nauseum, saying like that. Um, you know, you have to appreciate and understand that we're kind of teaching outside of the natural habitat of where this usually thrives, which is in a club. You can't see your hand in front of your face. There's disorienting lights, and there's a circle of people, and you don't get a chance to like do it twice or or fix it. It's like you 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 get into the cipher and you go, or you find a corner someplace and just kind of work on your shit. But um, and I and so like I I tell people I'm like you know be appreciative of the fact that you know you have um, access to mirrors and that you can see things and improve things and work on technique and stuff. But at the same time you have to get out there and really apply it. Yeah. You know, otherwise you're speaking Latin, right? You're you're learning Latin and it's a dead language, but you're not actually going to a group of people who practice Latin every weekend and have just conversations. Yeah. Know? What I, you know, I I repeat this all the time. I probably said it on this podcast like plenty of times, but one thing I always tell my students is, look, don't get too caught up on technique. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm I'm showing you guys like literally step by step how to fucking do this right the only time you should really get caught up on technique is if you're going to teach this because yeah. if you're going to teach this then you got to know your shit you mm-hmm. got to know your shit inside and out you got to know the culture you got to know the history you got to you got to be up to date on who, who who's who are the dancers that are killing it right now in the battle scene and in the ciphers you really got to be on it otherwise you're just faking the funk you know what i mean so it's like you got to know but if you're not willing to do any of that shit, then just don't worry about the technique. Just yeah. dance. Figure it out. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, you're paying money to be here. I get it. But don't stress yourself out. I'll drill it with you for as many times as you want until, up until the end of this class. But I'm going to tell you, like I always told you before, practice outside of this class. Yeah. Like, you expect to get it in an hour. You're not superhuman. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone is superhuman. It took me fucking two and a half years to get a stupid loose leg. Mm -hmm. So what makes you so special? Right. You know, so that's what I tell a lot of my students, man. And I'm like, dude, you know, yeah, we're in front of mirrors and shit. Like, I fucking hate mirrors. Fucking hate dancing in front of mirrors. Mm -hmm. I just do it because I'm, I'm teaching. But... At sessions, I'm rarely looking at a mirror. Yeah. I don't really look in a mirror at all. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's a distraction. Um, it distracts me from really listening to the music and feeling the music yeah. out. Yeah. Like, you, you're just caught up in your technique. You're caught up in your own self. You're caught up in your head. Like, I'd rather just vibe through it. Yeah. You know, but that's how I feel. Yeah. It, there's there's a, different, a definite difference in... Um, like uh i always cite uh some of my favorite sessions that we would do were at schmidt artist lofts in the um 
in the rec room and not the the dance studio whenever uh, Ty would get the the rec room because there, unless like you intentionally looked at if it was dark enough outside to where the um, where the big bay windows had you know some like uh, reflection to them, Mm -hmm. then you could see yourself. But aside from that, there was there was no point. It was like you, you had a dance like then and there you you didn't get to look at yourself you didn't get to make any minor adjustments to your elbow because it doesn't look right in the mirror or any of that shit and i felt that that actually made um me personally um a better dancer it was just you know kind of kind of the same way that like when you're djing too where it's like it's cool to be able to look at sound waves to be able to like spot the break of a record real quick and you know get to a certain point um on the track but at the same time, if you're not looking and you're just listening to the record, you also get a little bit more um, intuition. To, um, you feel it out. Yeah, you feel it out, and um, and that can be that can be tricky um, because, like you know, there have been times where I've like been watching people in classes and they really get that one dimensional um, view, um, very similar to like what you see in. Um, other disciplines of dance where like they are like stage presence so they're only they're only having to dance like towards the crowd so that's why they they do everything like you know in in one direction and um the few times that i've subbed in for you i would always try to get everyone like after the warm-up to try to cipher like right away and um work on techniques um without having to like look over the shoulders of people outside of the circle to see how you're doing in the mirror but just like be able to be like right then and there, and you know, and of course, like what uh, uh, what Junius did was an excellent training tool too. You know, having everybody in the cipher turn their back to the center of the circle and get shoulder to shoulder, so you had like hardly any room, and then that person just goes in there and just swings to the fences, dance the best that you possibly can, and just don't worry about being seen. Just worry about the feel of it, and um, those things are are very, very important, I think. And then of course it's the tricky part then is that sometimes like I've seen amazing cipher heads that will go into a competition and they have to recorrect the opposite direction, right? Where they're doing some stuff that, you know, doesn't necessarily face the judges or their opponent. And then, um, you know, and they, so like somebody will be like, damn dude, I thought you would have gotten like a lot further in the, um, in the competition. And then they kind of like think about it and they say, yeah, it's because like mostly I wasn't, I wasn't battling them. It was, I was more like just like, I was just ciphering, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that you have to iron out in, in different environments and stuff and you have to practice in different yeah. mediums. So I think there's like, you know, that whole deal where I don't know, I, I feel like, uh, I'm kind of 50, 50 with that mindset mm-hmm. when someone goes into a battle and they're like, yeah, you know, I was just ciphering really. Mm-hmm. Like, why the fuck do you enter the battle? Right. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. Like, if you're going to battle, fucking battle. Yeah. Which, again, it goes it, it goes back into, like, um, the whatever, whatever you're kind of... Um, kind of like we were talking about that before, about, like, default moves, right? Like, when you haven't danced for a couple months and then all of a sudden you get back out on the floor, you might have, like, moves that you just naturally know how to do, so they're always just going to be there. But you're not really overly progressive you know you're kind of dancing conservatively because this is all like stuff that is within your natural range of flexibility and i think that sometimes that happens um with you know cypher kids 
Um, cause we get that all the time when guests will come into the classes and you can tell, like you've seen them at other house or, um, uh, like house music nights and stuff that they're a club kid and, and they, and they're, but they're dancing kind of like in what they're used to doing, which is just sort of like grooving and not really like, you know, expanding on like movements and stuff like that. They just kind of stay in one place or they do the same like repetitive movements and stuff like that. And, and you watch them and then you're like, okay, well, you know, here, let's show you this, let's show you that and try to challenge them and stuff. And sometimes they'll get it. And other times they're sort of like, oh, I don't feel too comfortable with this. Cause I'm just used to like going to the club and like looking at my feet and just dancing and just do it. Why'd you pay money to be in this class? Right. You know? <laughs> and, and, you know, it was like, I remember the, um, there was a situation at one of the B girl B's that was like that. Um, some years ago when, um, uh, Aruna was out here and she was teaching, um, a breaking class and there were clearly people that were there just because of her as opposed to like what they could learn from her because they were wearing like doc martin boots and like you know shit that was not functional at all in breaking and they have never they, they were they weren't breaking like they they completely did not know what they were doing it was, it was it's like it's like the it'd be like the mindset of like going to take like a hicks and gracie seminar and you're only like a like a two week old white belt, right? It's like, you know, you may learn a thing or two, but ultimately you're just going to be way in over your head, you know. So yeah, I I, I get that. I, I get that how that can be frustrating at times when you see people that like either take classes or enter competitions without any real intention or direction in, into what they're going to do, and they just sort of kind of you know look at the floor and start just kind of doing their little groove thing i mean we, we see that shit in open style competitions all the time where there's like just somebody who fancies themselves as being you know the dancer of like their their social circle when they go out there and they're just swimming in a fucking sea of sharks yeah they just get you know? roasted yeah you know that's my favorite to see yeah it's like you see the hometown hero and they just get blasted in the face yeah I'm like <laughs> dude you're fucking you know, hometown hero shit didn't work out for you today did it yeah that's yeah. why i, I hate it I, I don't like it when people cheer for me in battles. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. One, I can't hear the music. Yeah. You know, it, it throws off my focus. Right. And two, I don't want people to know that, you know, like, let, I don't think I've ever played this role, but I don't want people to know that I'm a quote unquote, for example, hometown hero. Because mm-hmm. then that puts even more pressure on me. Yeah. And I'm like, great. I'm about to let you guys down. Right. Because <laughs> for you assholes are blocking the music from my ear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, it's flattering. But I'd rather not. And and usually, you know, the the best thing is just like wait until you know you pick your spots, right? Like if if you're getting out there and you're still in the um, like you're getting from like the idle stage into like you know you're you're starting to like shift up into different gears and you're building to like a big move. It's like I'll typically put everything on pause until you go out and you do something fucking dope, and then I'm just like woo, you know. But I'm not going to sit there and be like, come on, Ozzy. Osmond, you're my friend. I like you. Dance really hard. I support you. You know, it's just like, because it's like everybody else hears that, but also so do you. You know, and it's just like, and, and yeah, I, I don't like throwing off your focus. And um, it's fucking annoying. Unless it's like, 
if if it was like now if we were taking the piss out of each other and yeah you know and yeah, then of course it's like turnstile your hair smells like cinnamon like you, you know, know that's that like that's a different story yeah right? that's a different story but it's like but if, it's like if i'm fucking battling it, like house dance forever like blueprint i obviously can't control it yeah i you know like at the end of the day you got to deal with it right but i in terms of what i prefer mm-hmm. prefer no one say shit yeah <laughs> yeah just i mean and, and plus the the thing that sucks too is um you get this a lot from like some of us who've got experience doing like shows and performances and shit too is that maybe you got like a crowd of like 10 or 15 people that came out because they're your friends or you know they're part of your social circle or whatever so when you're about to like do a performance and then everyone starts like screaming specifically for you it kind of takes away from like the rest of the show because then it's just like oh great you know it's it's like the home team advantage kind of a thing right yeah and and that can that can kind of suck because then it also takes you out of character because maybe you're part of an ensemble piece where you're all supposed to be having like a role to play mm-hmm. but now the rest of the crowd is like thinking like oh that person on the left is the superstar of the the group or whatever right when you're actually like no i'm i'm not that good of a fucking dancer actually so and so to the right of me is going to slay in their you know yeah. national international and now you're like a hometown hero and you look yeah. like a fucking jerk off right you know so so yeah so like and there's there, there's like there's times to really like have that support and show that love and then there's times where you gotta kind of dial it back and just you know lay back in the cut and like let them let them work let them do whatever they're supposed to do right what they came here to do dude you know when when i compete nowadays i don't fucking invite anyone mm-hmm. i don't even tell anyone like i hate like mm-hmm. i stopped doing that probably 10 years ago right i stopped inviting people to the battles that i'm going to compete in because i'm right. just like i don't like you know and when i think about it when i whenever i did invite mm-hmm. people for one they were girls mm-hmm. so too you know, like it was just to kind of you know show off and mm-hmm. kind of gain a little more gas and stuff mm-hmm. it, that's like some teenager shit right yeah. but like now it's like i don't want anyone i know to be there unless they're a dancer right you know like i don't give a fuck mm-hmm. like, i don't even want my parents to be there like i don't want i don't want anyone yeah. i don't give a fuck because then it's easier for you to really um uh stay focused on like what it is that you're supposed to be doing yeah and it, it kind of uh it it rings true of like that uh that little uh scene in in the last samurai when um when uh Algren was like struggling and he just kept getting his ass kicked and then all of a sudden you know homeboy walks up to him and and just says like you know too many mind yeah yeah, it's like you're no mind yeah you're focusing on people watching what you're doing with this person um your own insecurities all that shit it's like you you got to be able to completely disconnect from all of that and completely be in the moment and Mm -hmm. you know see the move before it happens and um i've noticed that uh, certain times like when I've uh, gone out to competitions where I would decide to um, participate, I never told anybody that I was going to do it. I just would just go and just sign just up. Do it, yeah. Because that's another thing too. Like, I mean, I, I hate when people walk up to me and ask me like, Hey, Turnstile, how you doing, man? I'm like, I'm good. And then they're like, oh, you, you going to battle? And I'm kind of like, I don't want to say yay or nay because I might say yes, sign up and completely not be um enthusiastic about it and then just you know half ass it mm-hmm. and there's other times where it's like i'm undecided 
and then at the last minute I decide to sign up, and then I surprisingly will do well because mm-hmm. I didn't build it up in my mind or anything. I just kind of accepted the moment as it was, mm-hmm. and it, it can kind of suck when you when you do set up those expectations. I mean, yeah. shit, you know. Yeah. Case in point, you know my um, my Chicago expe- expedition with um, with Jay, where I was like specifically focused on uh, doing good in the house competition, and didn't even. You know, like just basically shat the bed before it even. Yeah, fucking, fucking battled stepchild and nanny. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was just like, "Fuck, bro!" I, I, what kind of jerk was what kind of jerk off was that? No, <laughs> that was and, a jerk off right there. And, and I, I intentionally like, I, I told Jay, I said, "Yo," I said, "I said, let step and Annie sign up like earlier in the list, and then like we'll wait for like six or seven people, and then we'll fucking sign up." Because like, nope, and, and they were just like, <laughs> they were just like, hmm. They look like they're from Minnesota, and they look like they're from Minnesota. All right, let's let's let the dipshits battle it out, you know, and then we'll we'll, we'll put like all the like really good dancers in like a different bracket. I'm like, fuck me. And what's really fucked up is uh, who's who said if it was me that was you battling with you probably would have made it, probably would have advanced. Who said that shit? Someone told you that, um, and they're like, yeah, you know, I mean, if you were battling with Ozzy, you probably would have advanced. I'm like that's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, that, that's very I fucked up. I don't up. know who. Like, I remember you telling me that. And I was like, yeah. oh, wow, that's a diss. Yeah, and you know, and it, it sucks too because um, that that's like another reason why um, I want to do more like one v one house competitions. Like, I mean, just to to cut my teeth more is because I don't want it to be one person relying on the other to be an anchor or mm-hmm. the pivot or anything else like that. I just want to be able to have like complete and total responsibility of my own, um, you know, victory or failure. Yeah. That's why I love one V one competitions. Yeah. It really brings up, it brings out your character. Yeah. You know, like yep. what kind of person is this? Right. You know? I mean, and, yeah. and don't get me wrong. It's, it's fun. It's really fun when you got like a two V two where you get like good chemistry with your, uh, your co-pilot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I like to mix it up. I mean, and the same thing with like crew battles. Crew battles can be dope because you got like a lot of people, and there's you know everyone's gassing each other up. But then at the same time, um, it can be easy for you to just go out and just throw like your one your one run because you know you're the power guy, mm-hmm. or you know oh they they sent out their uh, their tall lanky guy, we got our tall lanky guy, you know or yeah. whatever. And you know, but it's like it's better when it's a one v one in my opinion because it really puts you know your like your your full arsenal there, there's nowhere to hide yeah it's dope yeah it's, it's really dope i enjoy watching them a lot yeah speaking of 1v1 shout out to uh azaria yeah she will be competing in new york today she got invited to the rebel bc1 uh b-girl cypher mm-hmm. so kill it yes wreck it uh, i think they're live streaming so i yeah. gotta figure out what the deal is with that? Because I told her, I was like, are they live streaming? She's like, yeah, they are. I'm like, good, because I want to uh, watch and yell your name out really loud at the TV. <laughs> um, let me see. I wonder. Where's uh, Red Bull? Uh, BC. See, one. New York. Cypher. There it is. How about the live stream? For those of you who don't know, I'm looking at my phone like a jerk off. (laughs) And I'll find it later. Anyways, 
Yeah. With that being said. With that being said. Do you have anything else you want to go into? Well, nothing specifically. Just uh, kind of went through like a little mixing purge lately and threw a couple things up. This might be the shortest episode we ever have. Yeah. It'll be great. Probably. It's nice. It's nice for a change. Yeah. (laughs) No two to three fucking hour episodes. Yeah. Everyone will actually listen to this. Might be the highest. This might be the episode that everyone fucking listens to. Right. Because they probably look at the other ones. They're like, unless it's like a special guest, like Junius or Jardy mm-hmm. or whatever. They're, they're like, right. gosh, damn, fucking three and a half hours. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, thank you all for listening to another episode of Styles and Driss. And we will talk to you soon. Oh, stepchild. Yeah. Any last words? Well, stay hydrated. <laughs> and there you have it. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> last words, last words. Get checked. Get checked. I'm not just talking about, like, yourself. I'm talking about your literal self. Go get checked. All right. Uh, get a physical, I think is what you mean. Like, body checked and... Yeah. Butthold. Yeah. Get a physical. If you're a guy, uh, cough, rub your balls, and look to your left and cough. Or is it your right? I can't remember. And if you need to fix your toilet, send your lady to Menards to ask her to purchase a ball cock. (laughs) It's true, man. (laughs) Fucking ball cock. It's fucking true. Even we're kidding now, just literally like Google that shit. It it literally says ball cock. <laughs> so all right, goodbye.